This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Blackhawk Up Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Jimmy Lynch and Patrick McGann. Hello, my name is Jimmy Lynch, and welcome back to the Black Hawk Up Podcast. I am here with Jeremiah Lee. Jeremiah, it's great to be with you. Great to be here again. I'm looking forward I, to what we're going to talk about. I cannot believe the Blackhawks' regular season starts today. Me neither. I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. We all know how stacked the roster is on paper, but I'm looking forward to see how they can actually execute on the ice. And you can say everything about potential. You can say everything about expectation, but it's all going to come to fruition when they actually start playing. Like you can't really predict it on preseason or training camp. Like you have to see them in action when it actually matters. I agree. And you know what? It's been a, it's been a while since we've been here. So we're going to run through what the roster looks like. We got Henrik Borgstrom, Ryan Carpenter, Kirby Dock, Alex Brinkett, Mackenzie Entwistle, Adam Gaudet, Brandon Hagel, Tyler Johnson, Patrick Kane, Jujar Chiari, Dominique Kubelik, Philip Kershev, Dylan Strom, Jonathan Taze, Calvin DeHaan, Eric Gustafson, Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, Ian Mitchell, Connor Murphy, Riley Stillman. And then in net, we have Marc-Andre Fleury and Kevin Lankinen with injury reserve players being Y. Kellyanuk, Alex Regula, and long-term injury reserve being Caleb Jones. Now, that was a mouthful, but it's been a while since we've been here. The last time we were together, we had um, guys like Alex Nyland are still fine for a roster spot. And all of a sudden we were talking about whether or not Dylan Strom would be in the lineup. What are, what's your big takeaway from like how this lineup looks right now to a couple of weeks ago, or even a month ago, Jeremiah? Uh, to be honest, I really thought that Reese Johnson could have been in the lineup. That's my, that's my uh, main surprise. In my opinion, he's young, he's fast. He hits people. He's not afraid to drop the gloves, no matter how big his opponent is. And you guys, I've been on uh, Blackhawk up long enough to where you guys know that I love physicality and I love guys who just get in there, hard nose, doesn't care who they're fighting, what they're doing. They just want to make a difference in the lineup. So I personally thought he did enough, but I guess I was wrong in that, in that uh, Kara made the roster instead. So what can you do? I also think it's 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 cool to see Mackenzie Angelus on this team. Um you know, he really had to earn that spot to be able to make the lineup start starting the season, um, especially because with all the talent on this roster, they probably could have just sent him down for another year to develop a little bit further. But he played so well in the preseason that they had to give him a spot on the team. I can't wait to see what he does on opening night um, later today. When we look at the Blackhawks and we look at where the team is at right now, there's one question mark, I think, on a lot of people's mind. Why Eric Gustafson? Now, Jeremiah, why do you think the Blackhawks went out and added Eric Gustafson? To me, I think it's just a filler spot right now. Um, there's really no spot for him to, to play once Caleb Jones, uh, Kalanuk, and Regula come back to the lineup. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who believes this and that Eric Gustafson is probably the worst defenseman on the roster, regardless of IR or long-term IR. Because, I mean, he's old and he doesn't do anything better than any other guys who are vying for this five, six spots. That's just my opinion. He's probably going to be a permanently in the seventh defenseman spot, if that. 
if all goes to plan, he won't play at all. If things don't go to plan, he'll play maybe five games or so to fill in. But I don't, I don't understand that. I really don't. I like that move is so puzzling to me. I think he's. Just, I think Stan Bowman is just trolling by this point. We didn't bring <laughs> a former Blackhawk back yet. We got to bring somebody. Oh, Eric Gustafson's open. Let's take him back. I don't understand it, but here we are. I don't think we would be seeing Eric Gustafson on this team if it wasn't for Kalinuk, Ragula, and Jones all being out with injuries. Um, I think that's obviously very obvious. But the interesting thing to me is when those guys do come back, because, you know, Jones is the only one on long-term injury reserve. So Kalinuk and Ragula, we could see kind of soon, we could see maybe in the next couple of weeks. It'll be really interesting to see um, – who's like the odd man out of the lineup then I think everyone expects Ian Mitchell to be sent down but besides that there's still a couple other moves that need to be made to be able to get the team under um you know the 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 player limit for the season so do you send down Eric Gustafson or do you just let some other team pick him up off of waivers or do you look at some of the other guys on this team and maybe you say okay Ragula, we're gonna send you down or we're gonna send someone else down what do you think the team does when that happens like when those guys do come back uh, that's a good question because it's kind of it's not fair in my opinion to send a young guy down who should be in that roster spot then keep a veteran. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to let Gustafson go to waivers because there there's no way he's he's not a serve he doesn't serve any purpose for the Blackhawks right now because they already got the offensive minded defenseman now in Seth Jones. I don't think you want another one of those, especially in the bottom, uh, the bottom two pairings. In my opinion, the third pairing should be that should still be a shutdown pairing. That's just my opinion, and we all know Eric Gustafson does not give that to you in any sense whatsoever. He's a good he's a good power play guy, but other than power play, he really doesn't do anything that's serviceable compared to say like Kalanuk or Jones or Regula. In my opinion. You're right. And he wouldn't really even be on that top power play because you have Seth Jones. I mean, obviously that second power play unit, or if you wanted a second offensive defenseman during the next couple of weeks with all those guys out, Eric Gustafson is a, a fine pick, I guess, in my opinion, but it's, it's, it's just a weird move at a weird time, I guess, you know? Um, right. But the power play isn't enough to add somebody into your roster. Cause like, what are you going to do with them after, if you don't get a power play and you score on the first power play, cause that first power play unit looks really good. But what, what do you do with them after the power play though? It's like, well, I guess it's, it's just like a, it's just a low risk, high reward move for the team because I, I mean, it's not like he took a lot of money off the cap and, it's just a one-year deal or, you know, you could you can lose him on waivers. It's no big deal. You just sign this guy. He's not really part of your long-term plan, but all of a sudden, if he does start off hot, then all of a sudden, that is a nice addition to the bottom pairing. Um, I know you said it, you want a more of a defensive-minded one, but, you know, maybe if Gustafson does start scoring goals or he starts taking advantage of playing with the players the Blackhawks have, all of a sudden, you have another option to throw into your lineup, even if you just use him as a seventh defenseman, because... In my opinion, do you want to use Ian Mitchell as a seventh defenseman guy? No, you don't. You want him down in Rockford playing a lot of games. This move gives the Blackhawks someone that they don't really mind just having sit on the bench most nights and then just kind of going into the lineup when they need another body. That is also true. Uh, This is weird. 
I still don't know what to think of it, even after what we just talked about, because like you said, your, uh, Eric Gustafson could be a good pickup for a depth role, but if he's not, you kind of, you're stuck with him, unless you want to send him down through waivers. Which, when, which I mean, they would be totally fine doing. Right, um, but it's like, what, what do you, a seventh defenseman, Eric Gustafson, and then you send the young guys down to minors to develop further or something like that. It's probably what they're going to do. That's probably the smarter option. I just don't understand why they would bring in Eric Gustafson as the seventh defenseman. It's just weird, man. It is weird. But so in other news, which isn't that weird, the Blackhawks did finally announce their leadership group for the season. Um, Let me read this name right. Jonathan Toes. Jonathan Toes is the captain of the team. I'm kidding. Jonathan <laughs> Taze, longtime captain, is back. It's great to see. Patrick Kane will wear the assistant captain. And then you have DeBrinket and Murphy rotating with home and away games as the other assistant captain. I, you've written about it already because this was like already kind of no news. But like, what do you think this means? You have your two franchise players in Taze and Kane. And then you have these two new additions to it with DeBrinket and Murphy. Like, what What are your thoughts on this? I think they, well, I don't know if there is a limit with how many assistant captains you can have on your roster. But I personally would have rather have Murphy as the third alternate captain, and that was possible. I don't think it is because you only have, like, three captains, from what I understand. No, you can only have three players wear a letter. Yeah, that's time, what I mean. So. Like that's my that was my understanding, but it's kind of like just have one guy wear the continuous A on the sweater. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I'd rather have Murphy have it than Debrinkat because he's been in the league longer. But they know more about Debrinkat's off ice play and tendencies than I do, so I can't really say any anything on those lines. So that's just my viewpoint. I'd rather have Murphy because he's older. He understands the league a little bit better, in my opinion. But I mean, there are probably some things off ice I don't know about. So, Well, I think the big thing with Debrinkat is he had such a good year last year. And even before that, the year before, when he had a down year, in quotes, offensively, he was all over the ice doing everything he can to help out the team. And yes, he's young. Yes, he doesn't have the experience that Murphy or uh, excuse me, Murphy or Kane and Taze has, but he's arguably the the face of this team in the next five, 10 years, he's going to be that guy for the Blackhawks for a long time. And I, I really like it. I think that to bring it and Murphy kind of rotating, and then you still have Kane and Taze every night. I don't think those guys would have been wearing letters if it wasn't for what they brought to the table last year when Taze was out of the lineup, really just stepping up and kind of being a vocal leader in the locker room. But you know, it, you have guys like Seth Jones and you have guys like Jake McCabe or Tyler Johnson that have done a lot in the league, but you choose Murphy and Debrinka, two guys that have been here for a long time. I think it's, it's really cool to see, especially now you have four, excuse me, three American players in Murphy, Debrinka and Kane wearing letters for this team. That is true. I'm still, I'm still kind of trying to process what having an assistant captain at home and away will actually do in the long yeah. run. If anything, I'd rather just have two assistant captains as the full full time instead of rotating one out and rotating the other one in. Well, I think, but, I mean, just wearing the letter on the jersey is just 
kind of for show. They, they yeah. are the assistant captains the entire time. It was a. Uh, I think Seattle didn't. I think they named like four assistant captains where they'll probably be rotating letters. And then a couple of years ago, I I believe Carolina had rotating captains away in home. Um, I might be wrong on that, but I think I'm right. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, that that's just a whole new. A whole different thing that I really don't know much about. I rather I, yeah. I pay attention to strategy more than anything. So when it comes to assistant captains and and captains, I just like consistency because that's what you need for yeah. a cons- a constant success. But that's or consistent success in your roster. But that's just my own opinion. Um, I mean, it, it'll it'll definitely be cool to see them wearing letters on their jersey. Um, Kane's definitely come a long way from, you know, being a guy who didn't wear a letter during those golden years of the team when they were winning championships to now he's obviously the, the face of the franchise. Um, and just having taste back in the lineup during the preseason, I went to a couple games and it was great to see him on the ice. I, I don't think that feeling's going to go away all season. Now, one thing for tonight's game, we're p- playing the Colorado Avalanche kind of a tough opponent. A lot of people think they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. I think and so. now Nathan, Nathan McKinnon is going to be out with COVID for the first game of the season. Um, do you think the Blackhawks have, like, do you, do you think the Blackhawks have a chance to win this game? I know Colorado's probably the favorite going into it, but what do you think the Blackhawks chances tonight? Um, well, as you can see with the Pittsburgh Penguins from yesterday's game, anything's really possible. No matter what your roster looks like, even if you're, even what's thought to be the top team has everybody on the roster. Mm-hmm. They could have a slow start and the Blackhawks could pick up two early points that you don't expect and that you will need in the tight playoff race in the central division. Personally, I think they could win this game because they are missing a key component of the roster in Nathan McKinnon. And if you lose Nathan McKinnon from your roster, that's like losing Patrick Kane from the Blackhawks. It's not an easy fix when you when you learn how to play with Nathan McKinnon you're used to playing with him and when he's not there you look at each other like what do we do now it's even though they're still loaded with Nico Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog it's still like a it's still a gigantic hole in their offensive production and definitely eases the load of uh game preparation for the coaching staff so they could they could win and based on what I'm Watching from Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay, there's a very high chance that they could win because they're not missing anybody from the roster. So I think they could win, personally. I think there's definitely something to be said that at the end of the day, the players need to go out and play. The game needs to happen. We could spend all offseason, and we do usually spend all offseason just talking about speculation when it comes to what the lineup could look like, how the team's going to perform, how many points the players are going to have, all this, yada, yada, yada. Exactly. But until that first puck drop, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, Tampa exactly. can go out and lose that first game and, go you know, and go like 45 and like five or something. Yeah. So it's, it's just anything can happen when that season starts. And sometimes people are right. Like last year, when it came to that first game of the season in Tampa Bay for the Blackhawks, they got totally destroyed that those first couple games. And True. then they still had a pretty good year overall. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, but. For what that roster had, they had a really good season. So that's right. 
you know, the, the, those opening night games are a lot of fun usually just because it's a new season, it's a fresh start, and now it's a fresh start on a new um, platform and ESPN and TNT. So I'm excited. Who do you think scores the first goal for the Blackhawks? Excuse me. I, I want to say Alex DeBrincat, but honestly, it's probably going to be a duck guy like Ryan Carpenter or Mackenzie Endwistle. Mm-hmm. This is apparently how things go now. You know, like <laughs> if you told me Brian Boyle was going to score the, the second goal in the 2021-2022 hockey season, I would have said you're insane. But here we are. I mean, you don't expect the players that you don't expect to score happen to score. The players who you do expect to score sometimes don't score. Like right now, I I would like I said, I'd rather I I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be one of the top six, but. The fourth liners could surprise me. So I, I want to say Alex Brinkett, but honestly, it could be Ryan Carpenter instead. That's my final. That's my final guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jonathan Taze as my guess to score first. Um power play. A power play goal. You know, I know you want to talk about the power play. So oh we're gonna talk goodness. about the power play right now. But I'm gonna say Taze on the power play. The pucks is gonna bounce all over the ice. And then just go right to Taze in front of the net. What are your? <laughs> I I know you've been enjoying watching the power play. So do you want to just? Oh, yeah. you, you take it from here. Take it. Oh, okay. Um, if you are, if you love watching satisfying hockey, the Chicago Blackhawks power play when they're situated and moving is probably gonna be like your, like your hockey high for the night. I, I'm telling you, these guys can. From what I have been from, especially from the Minnesota Wild game, which might be a good comparison for what they can do later because from my understanding the Minnesota Wild were pretty intact with their final roster by that point they can move the puck so cleanly like you got Patrick Kane best passer in the league in my opinion Seth Jones quarterbacks the thing and he's good at passing too Alex Dorinka can shoot the puck and he can also pass the puck so you have options um and then you got Jonathan Taze or Tyler Johnson just in the in the slot just waiting for a tap or for a tip in or a tap in no matter what it is you have like these guys have so many options now it's almost like the penalty kill will have a difficult time trying to figure out who's the actual focus in this thing because you have logically you have four options you have to tip in right right hand or right wing one timer left wing one timer point slap shot for a tip in or just eat or just from stick to net, I mean, it's 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 amazing. I, I've been looking forward to watching the Blackhawks power play based on their roster, but now that I actually see it in action, I am extremely excited to watch it in the regular season. It's so nice. It is It is very nice to see. I am The only thing I'm worried about is, like the Blackhawks power play in the past, the minute teams just start going out and attacking them with the puck and not just like sitting back kind of defending – the passing lanes, that's when the team falls apart usually. So it, it will be interesting to see how they do in game one against a very good team in Colorado because, you know, if they can just if, – if the power play can get hot, that can be the difference between going on a winning streak and going on a losing streak. So right, they're, they're not the same team of the past where the Blackhawks could – like when they were winning championships, their power play was not that great. They just coasted through the regular yeah. season too. It's like, let's so, get to the playoffs. <laughs> and then they – Turn it up, turn it up a gear when they get to the first round and you go, whoa, what the, so. Like this, this team is going to need some power play goals to win some games. So hopefully, obviously I really like that top power play unit. And I also think they have enough talent to put out a pretty good second power play unit too, if they wanted to. Right. So 
you know, if Seth, Seth Jones could start scoring some power play goals and he could start putting up his numbers and literally you have Kane, Debrinket, Johnson and Taze down low with Seth Jones. Like that is such a good unit. You're, it, it's going to be like watching like a, like a ping pong ball, just bouncing back and forth with that puck movement. Right. But, but like um, you said, also, I, I do think that they might, they may need different versions of this power play. Yeah, for sure. If one version gets countered and they don't have a second version or a third version, they're going to have to spend the next like two weeks trying to find a new formula that works. So like I said, it's extremely satisfying to watch the puck movement. But once one team, we saw this with Nashville, once one team finds a way to counter your strategies, it's near impossible to, to win against that team again. Because like we saw in the, let's, let's bring up a tough topic. Let's bring up the 2017 sweep. That's enough. We're going to call it a day. I'm kidding. Yeah, once, I, okay. Uh, sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but once the Nashville Predators found that iron curtain on that blue line, the Blackhawks transition game was just completely stopped. Like, it stopped completely. They yeah. had to dump the puck in. You have no idea what you're doing. But that's, well, that's what I mean. Like, one, like, you need to have alternate versions on how to do something in case plan A gets countered. You need plan B to set them back a little bit. And then once they expect plan B, you go back to plan A. That's, that's my, that's what I think should, should happen in preparations for, for the NHL season, because you can't just expect one thing to work out the entire season. So. The only time I think one thing can work out the entire season, it'd be um, uh, Alex Ovechkin on the power play. They're, they're always just going to try and find him with a slap shot. It yeah, always think, works, but yeah, but that's th- Ovechkin. <laughs> <laughs> he's the, a once in a lifetime hockey player like that slap shot he can nail it from anywhere so so one player that is not going to be on the power play this season arguably is going to be dylan strom and there's a question of whether or not strom's going to even be on the team jeremiah did you see some of the rumors that uh dylan strom might be traded uh i remember from I, well i was on also on twitter and it said that it's not if he gets traded but when he gets traded now so it's not like mm. a like a he might be traded, he might not be traded. It's, it's just a matter of time until he is. Because they said that, well, and I agree with them. Um, it, whoever, who said this was a pure LeBron, I think, from the, yeah. from the rumor tracking. And I agree with them because there's no place for Dylan Stroman, in all honesty. I wish there was, but there isn't anymore. There's not a rebuild team. It's a team that wants to make the final run for the Cup, whether this year or next year. And they, they want to make sure that they have the guys – the best guys on their team, not the guys with the most potential like they did last year or the year before. They want to actually go for this Stanley Cup. So I wish there was room for him. I see a lot of potential in Dylan Strom because of his offensive potential. But as you said earlier, potential is a word and it can't be taken too seriously until you actually see them in action. And I did see it in action, but it was also a, you know that he's not defensive-minded enough to be a liable depth forward because depth forwards are usually expected to pick up the defense assignments a little bit more. We all saw the third line of a uh, Highmore camp and Carpenter shut down Connor McDavid. So it's like the bottom, like the bottom six are expected in my opinion, or at least the fourth line to be like a stifling defensive minded line that gives you random goals from like a tip from Carpenter or something or, and whistle and whistle probably going to get a lot of decent amount of goals this year. 
And Twistle's probably going to be, he could be this year's Hegel, you know, that breakout player that no one really expects to see. Now, at this point, I think a lot of people already are calling him the next Hegel potentially. So um, we'll have to wait and see. But the one thing that's interesting to me when it comes to trading Dylan Strom is, you know, usually when you're making a trade, it's to kind of fill a, a need on your team. Exactly. But if you're if you're trading Strom right now, I don't really think they're filling a need. I don't like if you're going to trade Strom right now. Let me ask you this: What position are you trying to fill? I I like the Blackhawks roster without Dylan Strom already. So I wonder if it's it's a position where you could maybe go. Okay, I want to reacquire a couple of draft picks or a prospect that I can then use at the deadline when it comes to trying to buy in at the deadline. You know what I mean? Yeah. With Strom, I don't really know what else I'm trying to fill on this team. It's I already have a Dylan Strom caliber player sitting on my bench. Maybe I can just use that player and try and go get a prospect or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was going to say get a winger, but you already have Henrik Borgstrom also. Mm-hmm. But I really like, by the way, he's, he's yeah. he is a lot better than I thought. And I hyped him up quite a bit in my articles. But he's even better than I thought he was going to be. But for Dylan Strom... I really think they're probably going to go for draft picks that they're going to use at the deadline because there's no, like you said, there's no like depth option that they need anymore. They got a ton of forward depth and they got the defenseman that they need or that they wanted to get. Like, don't get me wrong. If there's a top six winger that's available, go out and get them to play with um, Taze and Kubalik. But at the same time, I don't think that's going to be something that they do when they move Strom. Yeah, you can't get a one for one. Yeah, it just seems like a move where they're just going to try and get rid of a player that they're not using. You know what I mean? Exactly. They don't, they don't really want $3 million sitting up in the, the press box, or not the press box, just sitting up in the box every night. They kind of want to have someone like that playing. Exactly. Um, now, the one thing that does really hurt, and maybe you could see say if you agree or disagree here, but in my mind, you'd rather trade Strom like way earlier in the off season. And I understand maybe you're waiting to see if Taze was going to be able to play or not. And then you want to have like that center option available if he's not going to be able to play, but Strom's value is arguably at the lowest it's been in the past year right now, because he's a player that's not making this team. It's not a player of like, Oh, this guy still has potential. He's not, he's not one of the best 12 guys in the team. So we want to get rid of him. And other teams are going to be like, we see you want to get rid of him. So why would we give you something more than that? You know what I mean? Right. I, I do think I do think that uh that Strom is still one is one of the best 12 forwards on the Blackhawks. It's just he doesn't fit anywhere and where the system needs to work. That's a good point. That's a fair you, point. Yeah, because you can't say that Dylan Strom is worse than Juhar Chiara because that's completely wrong. Or worse than Ryan Carpenter in terms of offensive potential or in forms of offensive prowess. But he is not good enough to fill that role that the Blackhawks really need. Because even with Kirby Doc, he's good defensively. That's why he's real, he can be, that's why they are letting him be the third line center. Because he is still, he has enough defensive awareness to not be a liability when it comes to those depth line defensive assignments because you do know because it's always like the first line plays against the third line second line plays against the fourth line or something like that or we send the fourth line against the first line to just bash the stars around for a little while but like i said strom doesn't fit any of the lines that i feel like jeremy Colleton wants you to play 
I think he wants to deploy three skill lines, one checking line. And that's what I see in the lineup now. But with that said, I really wish he could keep Strom. He just doesn't fit anywhere. So what and do you think a solid return would be for him? Um, well, first, I think that they only kept him because they needed another center in case Jonathan Tatis is not able to play, right? Like right they used the right. preseason as a like a test. Like, can he play or can he not play? And then they realized he could play. And then they realized, wait a second. Now we have Dylan Strom, who we could have traded in the offseason for a better return, but we thought Jonathan Tays would not be able to return this fast. What do we do with him now? So I think a solid return, because uh, you don't want to under underrate his value either. He's a good player. He just doesn't fit on the Blackhawks roster. I think they're going to have a hard time getting – they're not going to really get a first-round pick from him. Oh, for sure. They might, like that, they might get a second. Like, I just – it, it's going to be a, oh. such a, a sucky trade to see if it does happen just because it's going to be so underwhelming for a player that we gave up Nick Schmaltz for. And exactly. Um, it's in my opinion, the idea that the Blackhawks needed him in case Taze couldn't play. I understand. Cause I mean, I, I mentioned it myself. That's probably why they kept him. But right. now when you look at the team right now, I think, if you trade Strom and Taze does get hurt or he misses a little bit of time, I still think the Blackhawks can put a pretty competitive roster out there without Strom because you have Johnson and Doc. Those are two pretty good centers right there. Yeah. Obviously, Doc still has to take some steps forward when it comes to winning faceoffs and stuff, but yep. you know what? This is the time to do it. Then after I mean, that, you got Taze in warm up. I'm pretty sure it's going to yeah. get a lot better this season. Exactly. So, so you, you, if Taze does miss a little bit of time with an injury, you have uh, Johnson, Doc. Uh, Gaudette and Borgstrom can all play center. True. And you still and can you have Carpenter. Have, or, yeah, Carpenter and Whistle. Yeah. You got a lot of center options. Yeah, excuse know. me. Yeah, there's... So, it, I wish I wish they did make the move this offseason just because then they would have had like three more million in cap space to work with. And it, obviously, right. hindsight is always clear, but I don't... I, yeah. I There's going to be some team that wants them, you know? Yep. Um, any, I'm pretty sure... Multiple rebuild teams and even even contenders may look into him as like a winger or probably not a center, but as a winger. But what you, you get you mentioned in return, rebuilding teams. Yeah, I mean, if I was probably not Arizona, Arizona might not be a good example because Strom already played there. But right. if you're Buffalo, Buffalo might Ottawa. be like, hey, I'll give you a second or third round pick for him. You know? Yep. Um, or we he'll play in the top line and then they trade him this this deadline. You know, he, he is still yeah. a really good player to trade at the deadline because his cap cap hit might be three, three million, but you could hold some of that back. Right. I was also going to say a nice depth addition. Sorry. I keep, was also going to say it. that you can keep him, see how he plays in the season. But then again, his value could drop even further if he gets like an yeah. injury. So that's an also, that's another option. It's a risky option, but it's still also on the table. Dylan Strom is a weird case because he had such a great season when he came here from Arizona. And then something happened where he's not as effective anymore. But he did show signs of being a returning to that form that we expected from him with Alex DeBrincat. Apart from Alex DeBrincat. I like the Borgstrom Doc Strom line, but like I said, that's too that's not enough of a defense or there's not enough defense on that line because Strom is not a good defender in any way whatsoever. So I, I wish they could have kept him as that third line right wing, but we all know that that's probably going to give him towards like God, like Goddard or something. 
Well, even if you're a team like Montreal that lost a lot this offseason, I feel like Strom is someone that can be good enough to play with your star players. He's a guy that plays well with star guys. I mean, obviously that's true about a lot of players. If you play me with Connor McDavid, I'll, I could put up 15, 20 points, but maybe um, just get the tap in goals while he does all the work. Stand there with the stick on the ice and you just don't skate that well. Just go right down to the front of the net. Go right to the front of the net, put your stick (laughs) down on the ice and you just hope he hits your blade. Um, But Strom is a guy that is talented enough to kind of like a mirror star player and do what he can. Like, I think the Blackhawks would be fine if they played him with Kane and Debrinket, but they don't want to play him with Kane and Debrinket because Johnson might be able to bring a little bit more to that. Right. Um, so he does have some valuable value. It'll just be interesting to see what the trade actually ends up being for him. Right. Um, over under, I, I don't think it happens before puck drop tonight. I don't think it happens um, by the end of October, but when, when do you think a trade does get done? I think that's a, it's it's weird because last time we thought a trade was going to happen, or when you think trade's going to happen, usually it doesn't happen when you think it's going to happen. It happens right. like a lot earlier or a lot later, but I'm pretty sure it'll, it'll be gone by the end of October. If they're going to trade him, that's, that's probably going to be by the end of October. Well, I guess, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, I kind of yeah. hope you're right because I don't know. I, I It's not something you really want to wait, wait for, but exactly. You don't want to wait too long to where you have an overripe banana that nobody wants. You know, you know, yeah. you know that thing, right? Like it's like it's really good now, but if you wait too long, it's not good anymore. You wait, it's too early. It's not, it's not as good as it could be. So it's like you want well, to make sure that it's at the right, at the right moment. There's also the argument to be said that if the news came out that they are shopping them and stuff, and they're looking for a trade, the news came out now, so that could be the case that it's they've been shopping them for a while and they haven't had any takers yet. So. Right. What's to say that's going to change in the next week or two? So True. we'll have to wait and see. But one thing we won't have to wait and see is some other matchups tonight. Um, I'm going to name some games that are also going to be on TV tonight besides the Blackhawks and Avalanche. And I want you to tell me which one you are most excited about. So um, I, I think I know your pick, so I'm just going to say it. Winnipeg, Anaheim. Uh, I'm looking for, I, I think I'm, I'm more interested in seeing how their young guys work in Anaheim because you got Trevor Zegras who had a really good end of the season I'm pretty sure Jamie uh, Drisdale I think that's how you pronounce his last name mm-hmm. yeah I, I think I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that or I'm looking forward to see what he can do if whether it's with Anaheim or whether with it's with the uh, AHL team I don't really know if he made the roster or not I don't really follow Anaheim you're you're very nice to even mention that like some reason to watch that game because yeah. some of the other matchups that I'm most excited, New York versus Washington, that's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. That, that's no that's no question on why I'm looking forward <laughs> to that game. Like I'm for like the anybody who has who has read my articles under like know that I really like those guys, or I really love those games where it's all physical. It's yeah. a physical game, gritty game, down to the wire. Everyone's trying their best to score goals, but also slam somebody's head into the boards, right? I really love those games. And that's what you're going to expect from Washington Rangers. Because if they have the lineup that I think they're going to have for the Rangers, you got Ryan Reeves, who's the nemesis of Tom Wilson. Then you got Garnett Hathaway, Nick Dowd. Uh, apparently, Jensen can fight. I didn't know that. You guys, you got guys who are not afraid to drop the gloves and not afraid to run them through like through the boards and shoot like third, fourth row physically. 
So I re- I'm really looking forward to that game. Uh, I, I don't think there's really any surprise for anybody listening in Hawaii. <laughs> I, I really think that this could be the start of like the rise of the Rangers and the fall of the Capitals. Um, Washington's a team that, you know, their playoff spot is and the most in question that it's ever been, you know, right. It's, it's not a guarantee that they're going to make the postseason. And the Rangers are a team that, you know, they, they could be in the playoffs. They, they do right. have a lot of talent on that team. They have some The question for the grit. Rangers is the fact that they may have sacrificed too much skill for that. Group. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they're, they're a question mark too, but like the Metro is the biggest question mark. Well, after the yeah. central division. But that's also so, a cluster division that you don't know. Another game to watch: we have the Montreal Canadiens versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. A nice rematch of the first round last year. The Tampa, or not Tampa Bay Lightning? We, we already Tor- watched them. They're not good. The Toronto Maple Leafs are going to look for redemption. Everybody knows this. They 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 understand that they should have won that series. But they obviously didn't win that series. The Montreal Canadiens came roaring back and knocked them out of the playoffs, and they have not won a playoff series since 2004. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure 2004, yeah. So I'm pretty sure they want to get redemption for that and show that they can make the playoffs, can make a run, and maybe I don't know, make a conference finals. They're probably not going to make the Stanley Cup final, but they might go at least second round if all goes well for them. Have you watched the the? Um, Amazon Prime show on the Maple Leafs. I have not. I probably should though. That sounds like that sounds like a good thing to watch. It's 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 something that seems fun to watch that isn't about your team losing in a horrible way in seven games. Right. Like they did last. It's probably year. torture for a Maple yeah. Leafs fan. But if you're a um, Blackhawks fan, for example, I don't think I think it's gonna sure, be fun why, to watch sure. Why not watch it? Yeah, uh, I haven't watched sure. it either, but. If you have watched it in the comments, please let us know how you liked it because I am very intrigued to watch it. Um, Me too. I think that would be fun to watch. The behind the scenes of a monumental collapse of a team yes. that you don't support. It would it would be cool if they kind of continued it on right from there with their off season where, okay, that did not go as planned. What are we going to do now? Like, how do you not overreact in that situation? That would be a nice series though. Like the like behind the scenes of like the season or of an off season or of yeah. a preseason or anything, but teams probably don't want to do that because you're giving up too much too early. Well, imagine like, imagine being in the, like just having a camera in the room after Tampa Bay lost four in a row against Columbus. Then all of a sudden they come back the next year to win it all. Right. That would be, that would be cool. That'd be be really nice. But (laughs) I think (laughs) you're giving it too much for that kind of show. It'd be really nice for a fan to watch, but for the team, it's probably like, we might, we're probably giving up too much if we're the only team that does this. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing I, that's the biggest thing I I, like kind of read about the Toronto one is that you could kind of tell the players knew that there was cameras in the room sometimes. Yeah. Um, But you know, I still think having a series like that is great for the game of hockey and I'm definitely going to watch it. It's it's just been a little bit too busy right now, but you know, with the season starting, it's not like it's going to be busy at all. Right. True. It's not like there's midterms or anything else like that. You know, I mean, midterms, midterms, that is an issue. (laughs) Uh, the other game of the night is the Vancouver Canucks versus the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, You kind of mentioned it a little bit before. What are you, what are you excited about watching that one? Get ready for the Connor McDavid super show. That's all I can say. Connor McDavid hundred points last season in under 60 games. That's insane. I think I read somewhere that he was on pace for over 150. If the season was, it was a full 82 game season. 
he's only going to get better. We know that it's, it's been well documented that a young player who is this dominant can only get more dominant as his season goes on. If he doesn't get any kind of hor- like horrible injury or a chain of concussions or ACL or MCL or ankle getting absolutely shattered like he had already. Well, but. it's been very well documented that, you know, like the biggest question mark about him is like, oh, can he put up more than 150 points? Like they're already jumping to that number when you talk about exactly. David right now. So when it, you have a player who can, who is already in discussion for, can he get above 150 points? You're like, this guy's from yeah. the planet, dude. Like who this is guy this guy might be pretty good at hockey. So I, 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 I am excited hockey. to watch the uh, Oilers play this year. And I think uh, Vancouver is another so. really like expert. Yeah, no, the oil on white, check them out. It's uh, going to be a great year. But Vancouver is another really interesting team to me just because all the offseason additions, and I think they added a lot to their team, and I think they didn't overreact too much after a bad year, which if there's one team that I would just chalk up that year being like a bad COVID year, it has to be them. I feel like they are they are a playoff team in my opinion. Yeah, they, um, they just got plagued, like literally plagued. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was just a bad year, but you know you add Oliver Ekman Larson to your blue line, and you have Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson and Connor Garland. I think is the most underrated addition they had. He is. Everybody wonders why they. What was it? A first round pick in the Ekman Larson trade? I'm pretty sure they added the first round pick. All I know is that people were complaining that they added way too much for Ekman Larson, but I'm like, hey, look at who you got in that package. You got Connor Garland. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's probably Ekman, why Larson's contract's going to look a little bad in a couple of years, but right. you know, he, I, got, he still can be pretty good. He's just been in yeah. Arizona for the past, his entire career. So this is a, 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 right. a plus for him. Right. Um, it, I, there's a lot of great games on tonight. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. It's a full hockey night. It's every game. Well, almost every game. It's going to be, this is going to be something to watch in every game, but it's going to be a very nice three-game stretch, in my opinion. I agree. And, you know, last night's games did not disappoint with Pittsburgh. And then, of course, that great San Jose – not San Jose, excuse me, Seattle versus Vegas game. So, now we do need to talk about it a little bit. Like, do you have any keys for the Blackhawks tonight? Do you want to kind of maybe just preview that game a little bit? My thing was shut down that top line. But with Nathan McKinnon not there, it's probably going to be a little bit easier. That's my main thing because their top line carries them throughout the season. Mm-hmm. So that's um, one of them. Make sure you cover the major areas of the ice because with their man system, everybody knows that if you if you carry everybody down to one side of the rink, the other side is wide open. And then if your defenseman or a winger can get past their man, you can just pass it over for them over to the streaking winger or defenseman or whoever's coming down that side of the ice and you get an easy high risk chance. So it's make sure you understand that. Oh, penguin scored again, but make sure that you understand that you need to watch every part of the ice. That's my, like, that's a second thing. Third thing. Don't let Mark Andre Fleury win the game for you. Make sure you actually play to try and win the game without depending on your goaltender too much. He can win the game for you. I'm very certain he can win the game for them if you if you know if he is the if he is in form. But I really want to watch the Blackhawks win as a team and not go. Oh, it was a goaltender diff. So I that, think those the big, big the biggest thing in my book is has to be with 
Darcy Kemper is a really good goalie. Um, and he's coming from a team like Arizona to a team like Colorado. So he, he could be a player that has a really good year this year. True. The biggest thing in my book for the Blackhawks is we talked about it already. They have great puck movement for the power play. They, they can score a lot of pretty goals doing that. And just yeah. entire offensively, I think that's kind of their thing. It's like the great one-timers and the pretty goals. Oh, yeah. And don't but be too I, pretty. I want some. Don't be too pretty. Be, get let's, to get some, like, let's get some right. uh, let's get some like Let's get some like tip-ins, yeah, second some chance opportunities. That, that's close, that's how sturdy, that's what I want to see. Like that 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 has to be how they succeed tonight. And right, if they can the get a couple point. goals like that, that's going to be fun to watch. Right. That that's the fourth point. I'm pretty sure we can expect the fourth line to get that done because they crashed the net. That's their strategy. They mm-hmm. dump it in, get to the four check. If you get the puck, pass it back, crash the net, hope for a hope for a tip. That's that's what the fourth line does. So I, I'm excited for the season. It's interesting because I was. I was going to ask you, like, oh, like, name one player you're excited to see tonight, but I don't even want to do that because you have – there's so many players. Marc-Andre Fleury, Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, Jonathan Taze being back, you know, Patrick Kane. There are so many different players. Kirby Doc. There are so many guys on this team I'm excited to watch that is basically just like, hey, I think I'm just excited to watch the team play. I'm just as a whole. excited to watch the team, man. They got <laughs> – like, this is such a different atmosphere from the other seasons. You're you're really expecting these guys to make the postseason. They're gonna they're going to be in that run to make the postseason. And the fact that I have not seen them play in the playoffs since I was in high school and I'm a junior now, I really want to watch that team go to the playoffs, man. It's been so long, and I really want to watch them play in games that actually matter in in April, in uh, March, April, June. Probably not June, but March, April. I'm excited for. You this never week. know, never know. I'm just kidding. We'll have to let's not jinx it. Let's not. Let's <laughs> not. Let's not say anything about this. Uh, other than I hope they do well. Well, we'll be watching. Uh, we'll definitely be writing about it. So check out everything from BlackhawkUp.com, and check out BlackhawkUp on Twitter and on Facebook because we'll be live tweeting during the game. Thank you for listening. I am Jimmy Lynch alongside Jeremiah Lee. Thank you for listening.